Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk with Hoop Scoop. We call him Kevin McPherson, courtesy of Hogville.net. Kevin, is um, you think the team is kind of licking their wounds over that loss the other night to LSU? I mean, when I say licking their wounds, that may, uh, and I, I haven't seen just a couple snippets of it, but that supposedly was as physical of a game as uh, you could imagine, and it's still be called basketball. Yeah, I mean, it was a physical game. Uh, Arkansas shorthanded right now. Uh, it, well, it's going to be shorthanded the rest of the year. We, we know Trevor and Brazil's not coming back, and then, as long as Nick Smith's out, Arkansas's not at full go. And then you, you go on the road for, for your SEC opener, and it's a game that was physical. Um, you know, I thought Arkansas, more than anything, got out of its own game plan. You always credit the opponent uh, in a game like that. Where, where, you know, the opponent won. Uh, but I thought Arkansas was the more talented team. I just think it kind of got out of its game plan and played right into what LSU was hoping would happen. And... Um, you know, physical game or not, I think the bigger point about the game for me was is that Arkansas, for whatever reason, thought it needed to take 25 threes in this game, and that's Ugh. not what this team does, uh, no. shooting volume from three. It doesn't try to shoot that many from three in most games. Uh, I don't know uh, that I've seen a, a, a game this year where Arkansas, if it was getting three, you know, happy from three, didn't get that ironed out at halftime, and it just never happened in this game. Arkansas settled too many in early shot clock attempts. So, to me, the physicality was one thing. Uh, the pace was certainly dictated by LSU, but I think Arkansas bailed out the Tigers uh, by playing into the you know what what the zone is designed to do, just to dare you to shoot from distance. Arkansas did it too, too often and too early in shot clocks, and. I thought as much as anything, there were other things in that game, but I thought as much as anything, Randy, that was the biggest problem for Arkansas. But you think about it, Arkansas has attacked zones. They haven't seen as much, many zones as man, but they've attacked it fairly well this year. And, yeah, just to hang back and shoot three-pointers. And, Kevin, I, I am going to take exception with you. When you say they're shorthanded, they may be without those two players the rest of the year. They've got two five-stars, three four-stars, a guy that's second in the league in, in scoring, and the Mitchell twins, who are really good players, and Devo Davis from last year and Johnson from last year, they're not shorthanded. This is a team that, without those two guys, can still go deep in the NCAA, don't you think? Now, I will say, first conference game, you can get beat uh, by anybody, but they can't look at it as shorthanded because they got 11 guys and they can win a lot of games. Well, I mean, that's a good point you make. Arkansas played most of the season without Nick Smith Jr. They won. They did fine in Maui, two and one without him. Uh, There's firepower on that team. I do think Nick is the kind of player, even with Brazil out, I still think with Nick in the lineup, that's an elite backcourt. Uh, and it's and it's a team that still, to me, has the makings for Final Four. With both of those guys out, I think it's probably still a tournament team. I don't know, game in and game out in this league, especially on the road, uh, because those are the two guys. Those are the only two guys on this roster I see as true three-level scores. Brazil and Smith. They can get to the basket. They can score in the mid-range. And then they can both, you know, I think they can both knock down some threes. I don't think Arkansas has another player like that. Uh, so when, when 
one or both of them, you know, one out is bad enough with both out. I thought against LSU, Arkansas missed a guy that could that that had more up ways to score in their, you know, in their comfort zone. Ricky Council, I'll get making an example out of him. This is a guy that's top three in the league in scoring coming into the LSU game. Um, you know, he's led the league in scoring. He's he's a guy that's been elite in get, getting all the way to the basket. He's been very good in the mid range. He's not really a three point shooter. Anthony Black, double figure scorer. Better from three than we thought he would be. We know he's really good at finishing in transition at the rim or driving to the basket. He doesn't really have a mid-range game. That's not part of what he brings to the floor. So I thought LSU did a great job for a team that's not very good shooting three. Dared him to. Arkansas took the bait. And then what guys like Ricky Council, who are normally really good at driving all the way in, he really struggled in this game. His mid-range game wasn't there for him. Uh, I thought he had problems controlling the ball on his drives. I thought he was kind of loose with it. So he was not able to finish like he normally does. I think just and, – and some of that, again, you credit you credit LSU uh, to some degree, but I thought Arkansas played outside of what its strengths are. And, and you can't credit the opponent too much for that. I mean, Arkansas took 25 threes. It didn't have to do that. That was the issue, not missing those two players. Because I'll say again, if we went into this season and you'd never heard of the two guys that were gone – you'd say this is going to be a good team, two five-stars, yeah. three four-stars. So, to me, there aren't any excuses. You look at what the football team just did. They just played without eight starters and won a bowl game. This basketball team's still loaded. And I, and I also so respect Eric Musselman as a coach. He will get those guys winning. That was a three-point yeah. loss a game they easily could have won. And you're right, Council had an awful night. He's not going to have nights like that very often. And I do think they can not only make the tournament – I think they can go deep into the tournament. Yeah, I mean, that, this team is I, – I still think it's a tournament team with two guys out. Uh, a deep run team, maybe. Um, you know, like, you know, we know they've only been healthy fully one game. So um, – and that was San Jose State. So they, they never – you know, it's not like they are been playing fully, you know, full roster the whole time and now they're trying to figure things out on the fly. Uh, they've had to deal with this – pretty much all season except for one game. Uh, and there's plenty of firepower there. So I agree with you. Arkansas should be able to uh, get get back on track, even with Smith still out for a while. I think, you know, Missouri's obviously a better team with big wins yeah. over Illinois and Kentucky yeah. in yeah. recent games. That's a good team. We didn't yeah. think – we didn't know that LSU or Missouri might be as good as they are with new coaching staff, turnover, and as down as those programs look. Uh, they bounced about – back pretty quickly uh, you know all things considered and LSU certainly proved what I talked about on the segment last week you know this is a team that didn't play a strong non-conference schedule and it was in a lot of close games but it came out on the winning end and I mean in all but one of those close games and we know that's been a formula for Arkansas figuring out to get to that finish line in a close game last few possessions winning those enough of those to come out on top and, and LSU was that team in this game, and I thought Arkansas's free throw shooting at the end was not very good. No. They didn't take a lot of – you can't get to the free throw line shooting threes, by the way, no. guys. If you look at 5 <laughs> of 10, the percentage is bad, but the, the low attempts is maybe even worse. Yep. And you just can't get there when you're settling for deep threes early in shot clocks. Absolutely. All right, Kevin, we got a couple of callers. Let's get to Ron. Ron, good afternoon. you got a question or comment for Kevin. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, 
couple, just two things for our uh, opinion, Ford and uh, Dunny. Do you see any one of the three or maybe two ever fitting in this year? Are they a year away? I, I think Pinion could really help us as good of a shooter as he is. Uh, the other two, I'm not sure they're, you know, they're totally ready to fit in and get a lot of time. But what do you think on that? And then uh, I was going to ask you a little bit about the Nick Smith situation, the knee management. Uh, tell me everything you know about that. When do you expect him to be back? Is this kind of like it was at the first of the year where he was out and then, you know, a few games he worked his way back? Is he going to play uh, when? Uh, is he going to be done this year? Just kind of tell me a little bit what you think on that after and uh, I'll sure. Yep. Thank, Thank you, you the fans. Yes, sir. A couple of things there. I think I think of the three freshmen that he brought up, and we saw it in the LSU game. Pinion came into that lineup late in the first half. Arkansas's you know 0 for 11 or whatever it was at the time he comes in. Now he got a three up as well. It didn't go in. It did. It looked good though. It looked better than a lot of the threes I saw going up. That was the other thing. Not only Arkansas take a lot, not many of them looked like they had a chance to go in. They, uh, you know, they missed it 0 for 13 in that first half. But Pinion got in. He's the one guy, I think, that we might see in some spot duty, uh, whether it's someone else in foul trouble, um, Arkansas just having that kind of a poor shooting night, and Melsman tries to see if he helps solve the zone defense. Kevin, hang there. on. we got to take a break. Hang right. on. we got to take All a right. break. I'm Randy Brainwater. Joined again by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Now, Kevin, you were kind of talking about Joseph Pinion, Barry Dunning Jr., uh, Darian Ford, and you felt like maybe the guy that could make a contribution the quickest might be Joseph Pinion, and, uh, but no one the other night could solve that right. zone, that yeah. one two two zone by uh, LSU that really tormented Arkansas. Yeah, I think I think Pinion's a guy we might see sometimes just because of Arkansas's really lack of outside shooting. So at times we might see him. Is he really going to be a rotation piece this year? Probably not, but we know things can change. We've been, I'll use the phrase blindsided, but in a good way with some of Melsman's rotation tweaks in the last couple of years. A guy like Trey Wade, we didn't think at this point in the season that he was going to be a guy that was going to factor in to the rotation, but he became a starter and was in that top seven rotation. So anything can happen. I just I think with Pinion, you're going to see him at times. I think there might be times he plugs in Darian Ford for to, just to help. Maybe if, if if another guard's not getting the job done defensively, if there's foul trouble, uh, there might be situations where you see a Darian Ford coming at the end of the half, similar to what we saw with Pinion. Uh, so I think you always keep your eyes open for those possibilities. Uh, I think a guy that's really stepped up, really stepped up once Brazil's gone down has been Jordan Walsh. You know, we can talk about the negatives of this game the other night. I think it was mostly negative for Arkansas. One of the positives was the, the big second half Walsh had to help that team overcome that deficit at halftime and get and grab a couple of leads. Uh, he scored. Uh, you know, he, he was one of eight from three. So like everybody else, he wasn't very good there. But he did make one of the four out of 25 attempts that Arkansas got got to go through the basket. But he did a lot of other things. I thought some of his drives and little runners and things he added are things we really haven't seen. Or maybe you see it once again. We saw it three or four. We know he's going to get on that offensive glass and get some step back, stick backs. I thought he was wonderful defensively at times. There was one possession where he created – not one, but two held balls. 
the first time LSU got the ball back, and then he, he had another tie-up, and then Arkansas got possession. But he was just battling at both ends. I, I think Arkansas played hard, and I think a lot of guys battled. But I thought Jordan Walsh's pr- productivity as he was in that what I'll call a rock fight, that was a very physical game. I thought some of his productivity was exactly what he's starting to show and you want to see that from a five-star because we, we know that Anthony Black pretty much from the out of the gates has been really, really good. Jordan Walsh has flashed good, you know, some good things. But I think going back to, you know, the, the Oklahoma game uh, and then Bradley in North Rock when he had his career high and now this SEC over, I think Jordan Walsh has been really good for Arkansas. The other thing the caller asked about was Nick Smith Jr., guys. When, what's going on there? And I think we're, it's going to play out similarly to like it did the first two times. When he got hurt in the last game in Europe, he didn't finish that game. He missed a lot of practice time. When the preseason rolled around, he was ready. Uh, something happened at the end of the preseason, after the Texas game and before Arkansas season opener, and he was back out again for a while, but he worked his way back. I, there's rumors out there that they've shut it down. It, I just don't believe those one bit. Everything I'm told is he's working to get to 100%, and when that happens, he'll be back. He, he plans to compete for the with the Razorbacks again this year. If the guy was shutting it down, they wouldn't play around with phraseology like indefinitely and him traveling with the team on the bench and working out with the team. He'd be going ahead and getting himself ready for the NBA draft, which now is a little over six months away. It's in June, so... This guy's a part of the team. He plans to be back with the team. Now, a time frame for that, I don't have an answer on that. But I do think we have not seen the last of Nick Smith Jr. on the court. If we have, it means something changes between what we're talking about now and later in terms of him not being able to get to 100% or maybe even getting worse. I don't see how that could happen, but you know that's what happens sometimes with injuries. Kevin, is this an injury that... Nick can work back from, get, quote, 100%. But then is this something that could uh, a couple games later or maybe even uh, in the midst of uh, uh, the game the next next time he gets a chance to play, that could pop right back up? Well, it's happened. You know, he's tried to come back. Like we, we not just kind of went through it a little bit in some of the chronology. And obviously, right. you know, it's, it probably backed up this last time. So I would think, yeah, if he, you know, if he's, this is one of those things I think it's tricky. I don't. No one's going to allow him to play if there's something structurally wrong with that knee. Right. And he would probably have some kind of procedure if it were. Uh, we don't know how many second opinions he's got either. That's another unknown. Uh, but I, you know, this is something that Eric Mussman. It would look bad on him and the program for them to roll the dice uh, on this guy if he if he just shouldn't be out there. Uh, conversely. Uh, the young man wants to play, and he's got to take listen to the advice of those around him of when the best might be for him to do that, which is to be at 100% health. I think everybody agrees with that. He's a young man who's a competitor. He's fierce, and I'm told if it weren't for everybody around him, he'd still be trying to play right now every single game. And so if it weren't for others looking out for what's best for him. So I think um, once he gets back to 100%, I think we're going to see another attempt if this were my son, nobody asked me this, and this is not me giving advice to anybody. If this were my son, given all that's at stake, I might be leaning towards advising him to, to, to make sure, you know, even if it means not playing again, uh, that that might be the best route. But that's not my son. It's not my family. And as someone who's selfishly covering the Razorbacks, and if you're a fan of the Razorbacks, you certainly want to see him play again for the Hogs. And I think that's where it's heading. 
All right, let's talk with Tony. Tony, good afternoon. You got a question or comment for Kevin? Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Randy Rick. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I, I think that talent-wise, the Razorbacks were a much more talented team than LSU, but they definitely got outcoached with that zone. And the, I think Pinion would, like you said, Pinion would help. And my other question is, uh, that being said, uh, like we got beat on the board. I mean, they out-rebounded. It seemed like every shot that we put up, there was more yellow jerseys under the board than we had jerseys to compensate and get bored. So that being said, uh, if Musk does decide to use Pinion and you get your three players on the outside, the other two should at least be down there working towards the board to try and get the rebound. And uh, I'm wondering if he's – surely he'll work on that because Musk is a good coach, and I'm sure he'll figure that out. But also uh, the King Cotton Classic with Pine Bluff uh, – is there any players that Arkansas is looking at on that Pine Bluff team? I know they didn't win it this time, but they did make it to the final. So there's got to be some talent there. And if there is, can you uh, comment on that? And I'll just hang up and listen. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. A couple of things. Thank you. So for the record, Arkansas actually was plus five on the glass, 44 to 39. A lot of missed shots in that game, a lot of rebounds. Uh, Arkansas was plus five in second chance points, 11 to six. Arkansas had been dominating in the turnover battle. Both teams kept the turnovers fairly low, as ugly as that game was, uh, because the pace was so low. Uh, it was more about missed shots than it was turnovers. Both teams had 10 turnovers, but LSU was plus nine in points off turnovers, so LSU was able to convert live ball turnovers into production. Arkansas was not able to convert LSU's turnovers into production. Uh, and, and so what you had was a game where it felt like Arkansas committed 20-plus turnovers because of all of those early shot clock threes and just disrupted possessions. Now, you want to give LSU some credit. That's, I mean, there's no Kevin, we're down, we're down to about five seconds. Thank you. Uh, you can answer that. Arkansas is not recruiting fine blood receivers right now. All right. Happy